Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Dragoncast. Home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. Hello, hello, hello. How the devil are you? Welcome, welcome to Dragoncast uh, episode 13. If you kind of ignore the bonus episodes that we kind of decided to do, but then it's very complicated we'll get it right for when season two of house of the dragon starts but it's me jamie east your host along with my co-host the wonderful uh chris mandel chris how are you sir i'm very well thank you yeah how are you i'm good how's your week been what have you been, been doing it's been good well i've been coughing most of the week because i had a really bad cough on last week's uh, recording oh, and no. i was trying very hard not to cough on on the podcast so if, if people thought i sounded a bit wheezy and lightheaded last week uh you're right and i suppressed it as much as i could so i spent most of this week just coughing and now touch wood it's sort of gone um and i'm afraid to say that is the only interesting thing that has happened to me since last week's episode you need those weeks to make the other ones count don't you i think post house of the dragon i think everything is calming down i think it's a lot less manic and yeah so it's it's all good and what's your what's your week been like what have i I been doing this week i not much really i've I've changed my setup a bit if you're watching Mm. on youtube uh you'll notice new camera new team new dream all of that uh in the background you can see my gorillas uh car a light thank you very much paddy that's paddy's fault that i own that um (laughs) long story i got a new camera um and a couple of new lights uh in the studio but then within an hour of them arriving Everything in my studio was unplugged and yeah. I got obsessed. I ended up watching YouTube tutorials on cable management, which was just like, I, I just went too far. I've got so many Vel- Velcro kind of like cable ties underneath this desk. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's, 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 it's holding the whole thing together. So that took like most of my week and obviously lots of podcasting, lots of Smart 7. Interestingly, some people have discovered the Smart 7 off the back of Dragoncast, which has been quite oh. interesting. It's usually the other way around, but um, yeah. it shows the mighty power of Dragoncast. So Indeed. the Smart 7 is the news podcast that I do every single day um, at 7am. Apart from that, not much telly. No. I like the jungle, so I watched the jungle last night. Okay. I'm a big fan of the jungle. Matt like Hancock. Um, it's not in down? yet, but yes. Oh. I'd, I've never, I fully predict the entire nation is going to hate vote that, despicable prick uh and quite rightly so into every single task possible 
and and sort of i mean i haven't watched it for years but like keep him in right like because it's not like big brother where it's a popularity contest it's actually yeah, better. yeah keep him in make him sweat make him suffer hopefully there'll be some like bush tucker trials where it's just like nan's in a care home or something like that that he has to kind of relive his you know relive his yeah. horror uh, face to face um aside from that I started watching, uh, interestingly, because we, we were discussing before we come on air how we're both desperate to watch The Americans, but we're saving it for yeah. the podcast. We'll talk about that in a bit. But I'd run out of things to watch, or rather I'd run out of enthusiasm for whatever it was I was watching anyway. Couldn't finish Industry. Uh, we'll talk about that. No. I'm sure you have opinions on that. Um, but, but so I actually started to watch Only Murders in the Building. Have you watched that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, we got onto it really late. Uh, so we watched season one like a couple of months ago. Fucking brilliant. Like, yeah, it's, it's just actually charming. really, really easy to watch. Just charming, so charming. nice and gentle. Yeah. And just the perfect length of episodes as well. I'm really, I'm a real big fan of these American kind of, a bit like Shit's Creek was only like 22 minutes, minutes long yeah. max. This is a big problem in the streaming era is no one has the... Um, tenacity to do a 30 minute episode anymore and I think like when we sit down we're like look we can't do two one hour shows in an evening right once we both get in once we've had our dinner once we've had dinner exactly once dinner once we've done the washing up you know need yeah. half an hour and an hour that's the structure we like in the, the Mandel household and it's hard only murders went down a treat for that reason other reason yeah. other thing fitting that mould is the bear uh, which is on Disney yes. Plus oh I'm not as I'm not I'm not like really obsessed with it because when it came out in the states everyone went bananas for it. Are you one of them? I am a little bit. Whereby if like everyone's telling me something's amazing, I'll be yeah. like, I, I shall be the fucking judge of that. Thank you very well, much. Well, I think it's yeah. yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think there's a, a, a real zeitgeist with a lot of shows, and I think if you're late, you miss the anticipate. You, you miss the. Um, the show unfolding in front of your eyes. So like what I get is everyone's told me this is the best show of the year and I watch it yeah. and I'm like, it's trying quite hard to be the best show of the year. And that puts me off. There's no discovery. There's no discovery. I, is there anymore? I'm enjoying it. We just didn't. Yeah. So there's, it's like eight episodes. I think and they're half an hour long. It's set in a, a sort Have of you got fair. to the end. Have you not finished it yet? Are you, no, we were going to watch the seventh episode last night, which is apparently the one that is all done in one take. Um, now you see, I watched that. Had, and did not notice that at all. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> which, I, which must be, which would be heartbreaking to the cinematographer, I'm sure. But like, I watched it and then read about it. I was like, was that only one take? I, no. I did, not, <laughs> did not even like cross my mind. Well, we were going to watch it and we just decided we were way too stressed. Well, not too stressed, but it would be way too stressful to watch. It's a very a stressy night. episode. So instead we watched an episode of The Sopranos, which was incredibly stressful, but I don't know. That's that's my comfort view. I can't say that. Well, linking um, Sopranos, I, I started the White Lotus uh, season yeah. two is, yeah. is out as well on Sky Atlantic HBO. Fantastic. The, annoyingly, um, I think I must have come to the White Lotus late for season one because they were all there and I just binged through them and delighted in it over a period of like two nights or something like that. It's a weekly one, which yeah, they're doing a weekly feels drop. kind of cruel after House of the Dragon. It really does, but. Very, very different kind of show. It's 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 borderline art house. I think it's, it's like an art house who done it. I, I but but done in a really nice way. And the casting, you know, after last season, 
I won't give any spoilers away. There was, there was, there had to be some major recasting. Like we said, we've discussed before. It's very clever how they've done it. The White Lotus Resort is just this time. It's in Sicily. Um, uh, Jennifer Coolidge is the only returning cast member back, but the casting is just so good. Aubrey Plaza, brilliant, so so good. And there is a, there's a proper in episode one. You'll know what I mean when you watch it. The dude who played. Um, the fella in Time Traveller's Wife. Theo James. Is in it. Theo James, Theo James yeah. yeah. Who was who was pretty bland in The Time Traveller's Wife, uh, but plays quite a horrible shit in The uh, White Lotus. There's a great moment in episode one that involves what must be, must be a prosthetic penis. I have, it we, must yeah. Be. So I've not seen season two of The White Lotus yet. And I already... Oh, but you just happened to catch that bit, did you? I just, yeah, the algorithm just thought, I've already seen the pictures. I mean, yeah. Gotta be prosthetic, right? I think it, I, I think it must be. I mean, it used to be that like. It would be, I would say if that was real, <laughs> e, an easy footer. It's the size of one of those. In the cold, like, in, in inclement weather as well. You know, It's the size of one of those like, gummy snakes you get in pick and mix. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just reminded me of Requiem for a Dream. The um, thing is, it, it, the thing is, right, like I'm going to go really tinfoil hat here. And I do think, obviously it's probably, probably fake, but the kind of, the way to get attention for men in shows now is to get your dick out, I think. Yeah. Like, because yeah. it's kind of the, it's the, the, the last taboo, kind of. Alfie Allen, I think, broke that taboo quite On well. On Thrones. Think, Thrones, didn't he? He, yeah. he loved getting his old tackle out in the old. I'm game. also right in thinking, because um, I sort of, oh, also there was, so who got their dick out on Succession? Someone, oh, Roman had a dick pic on Succession. Do you remember? That was it. Oh my God. Yeah. How did we forget the dick pic? Um, oh, that's great. But I think... I, I think the rule is on television, you're allowed to show a penis if it's flaccid, but not if it's hard. That's, I think, the, the thing you can... Hard, it, it, there's an Does intent. that feel old-fashioned or, or okay? I think knowing how long it takes to film episodes and get shots, I think <laughs> you as, ain't got asking, no choice. For, a, asking yeah. <laughs> for a penis to stay hard for a half a day would be too big. Even too in big these days of Viagra, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that's right. I think that's that's the sort of um, that's why you see a flash of. Uh, I can't believe we're talking about this. Just a little flash of a bell end. Yeah, but you you can't show an erect. Hang on, this just said like just intro. Uh, we've already done fifteen minutes, mainly about dicks. This yeah. is what happens. Coming up, we've not even told people who we've got on this on this episode, and it's very oh very exciting. Uh, yeah. Chris and I um, earlier on, no, late last week, recorded an interview with Sir Harold Westling himself, Mister Graham McTavish, and he was fantastic. He was slightly intimidating at first, uh, yeah. as we as we mentioned, uh, but he really he was like a little lovey, wasn't he? He was. He was. Lovey. He was quite quite sort of just just quite a strapping man isn't he he's just I think he's great uh I didn't say that to him on the interview I was very professional no you didn't you didn't you he's a hunky a hunky Scottish man I just love it but didn't did you not think this I wouldn't have said this on the call he's a lot more Scottish on House of the Dragon yeah I, when, when we were talking about him he was talking about uh he mentioned something about Edinburgh you'll hear it in a minute um 
And I was like, wait, is he is he an Englishman playing a Scotsman? Yeah. Or is he a Scotsman now playing an Englishman? I pulled up his Wikipedia during the recording to check, and he is <laughs> Scottish, but he's just got a sort of lovely, you know, theatre voice. Right, we're not going to give any more details about that away. That's coming up uh, very, very shortly. Um, we are also going to talk about us kickstarting the Americans as well. Uh, we've, we're trying to work out how to do that. We didn't quite realise how many episodes there were of the Americans. Yeah. There are 75 episodes. Uh, this is not the bear, for goodness sake. We've we've gone at the deep end. So we're not going to do an episode a week because, well, we It'd would still be here. A year and a half, nearly. We, we wouldn't even get it done in time for House of the Dragon Season <laughs> 2. Um but first, let's pick up on any bits of House of the Dragon news. Pretty thin on the ground, I have to say, Chris. Everyone's kind of like hunkered yeah. down, hibernating, getting ready for Christmas. Um, Graham gives us a few tidbits about uh, where things are in, in the interview, which is coming up in a bit. But a couple of interesting things that I wanted to mention to you chris and i don't know if you've if you've noticed these um there's some really good pics of uh of um uh the 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 season finale dragon fight and it was one of the few times that they used volume technology now you, do you know what i what i mean when i say volume is, technology is this this the the 360 the, screen the big wrap around yeah, yeah 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 so we i spoke to miguel and Ryan, the premier of House of the Dragon, because there was a whole thing, oh, they're using volume technology. And actually they went, yeah, we did, but not not that much. It's it's not as great as, you know, it's not the saviour of um, CGI that everyone made out. You know, when Mandalorian came out, it was like, oh my God, they filmed the whole thing in this yeah. studio. And, and Miguel went quite geeky and beautifully geeky about say, telling me why you couldn't do it as much because you, you had no depth of field you yeah. you have you have all this you had the width around you um of this big this big high definition plasma screen whatever it is but you've got no depth so you can't move forward or backwards you can only move sideways or which was yeah. which i thought was kind of interesting but in season in in the episode uh in the the fight between aegon and luke uh they did use it and there are some fantastic picks which i'm going to put up on screen now if you're looking at it in um in uh, uh watching this in in um on youtube you'll see these up now and they're just some really cool uh some picks there of them doing it chris i'm gonna I'm, let me stick these in whatsapp for you so you we have, oh, open up the chat bit. Hold on. Yeah, put it in chat. Um, interestingly, though, about uh, that technology, I noticed it was, I'm fairly sure, I'm 90% sure it was used in episode nine uh, when Aemond and Sir Kristen Cole find Aegon in that sort of, um, that chapel. Oh, that would nine. make sense, wouldn't it? Because if you look, the way that they chase him around that room, they, they never sort of get towards the door. Like the door has a sort of flatness to it. And it's a huge room. You know, they tend to use this yeah. technology a lot when they need a, the, the grandness scale that they can't get on the set. So I'm fairly sure okay. that that is done because you see it's almost, yeah, there is an almost flatness to it. I mean, it's it's how you can reproduce the scale of something like that without shooting there. But it's very famous for but, the Mandalorian, isn't it? That was this, the show that... that yeah, that was the big one. They used it in all of the... I think they probably invented it um, for, for that show. It, certainly yeah, because they could go to all these different like alien planets, essentially, without yeah. having to... And it does. It. I mean, it, it clearly speeds up 
the process, um, which is why they've churned out so much from, from Star Wars, I think. Um, so, yeah, there's some picks, some great picks there oh, of them wow. on the gimbals on the kind of hobby horse, but beautifully kind of like choreographed, uh, coloured and and just like, I love, it's like, you know, in your heart of hearts that Luke is not flying 150 feet in the air in a thunderstorm, but to see basically a guy like holding a hose <laughs> just like spraying him with water it's just like it's always just like brilliant it's like and it's all that's crazy. missing is like a guy with a wobble board like for the for the thunder <laughs> it's great it's up on screen now it's um, really really and, stunning really stunning and funny should mention about about the use of the volume thing because it's the, the other thing that i picked up on as well and i'll put these on screen and i'll put a link in the show notes as well is that um there've been some thumbnails found from what was originally intended to be the final scene of season one. So we now know it as being one of the greatest scenes ever. And this mm. is one of those beautiful, happy accidents um, of, you know, the one, the one track shot of Matt Smith walking, of, 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 of Damon walking in with his back to the camera, never turning around. And then of course, Rhaenyra turns around with that look of fury in her face. Originally um, that was supposed to be, um, them that was supposed to take place in the throne room of dragonstone but they hadn't built it in time or they didn't build it i guess which is weird because because a they could have surely they're going to need to build that at some point b why couldn't they have used that volume tech there maybe maybe it didn't it didn't work yeah yeah let me put this in the chat for you as well because this is uh, interesting yeah because because yeah Rhaenyra doesn't have a throne yet because in that episode, that is the episode where she decides I am going to make a claim. So it's a bit like get the papier mache out, right? Like we need, we need a war table. We need a, we need a throne, but yeah, that was, um, and so they went for this other thing at the war table in that room where they go towards the fireplace and and turn around. And actually it was where, and if you look at the, there was the trailer for, um, uh, in the trailer, we saw Cyrax coming out of the, of the dark. And just that that shot of him. Oh yes, uh, which yeah. was never used never used in an episode. That was going to be the final ever shot yes. in season one. Um, so it was going to go. Uh, so it uh, takes place in the throne room. Um, the, the 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 thumbnails of this. Uh, Rhaenyra sat on the throne. She composes herself, looks to Damon. Damon looks down back at her. Then Rhaenyra, then Rhaenyra looks at the camera in that same shot that I think of the same style shot that we saw. Yeah, but yeah. then the final shot was was like showing the the similarities between you know the connection between Dragon and and Master was that Cyrax uh, was going to come that shot that we saw in the trailer come out of the dark and roar into mm. blackness, which would have been oh, like the, the dragon has been awoken now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Interesting. And then um, instead, they used that to have sort of have Cyrax was sort of in there when Rhaenyra was going into labor. Is that the sort of, that's right. Yeah. The same, they, they use that same connection thing, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then there was, there was another piece as well, which was that, um, I'm going to, I feel stupid for never having seen this before. And, I think I'm going to say this to you and show this to you. And you're going to go, well, yeah, of course, everyone knew that. Okay. So, hang on a second. Let me just... So if you're listening at home and you're not watching on YouTube, just type in to Google House of the Dragon, click on images, 
And the first image that comes up is the image used in IMDb, which is the, uh, like, just one of the posters, yeah. If you click on that, have you clicked on that, Chris? Oh, I thought you were going to send me a link, sorry. Uh, I'll send you the link, hold on, all right. Mr. All right, Mr. Lazy Pants, hold on, I'll send you the link. <laughs> Lady Muck uh, over here. <laughs> yeah, here you go, here's the link. Now, I hope that I'm not going to be made to look stupid and go, Jamie, you're the last person on earth to see this. So the first, so, the IMDb, so it's it's Rhaenyra and Alison yeah, top left. stood in front yeah. of the... Click that. Do you, do you notice anything in that? Does anything jump out at you? Well, my mind is instantly saying that the eye of the dragon has the cat's paw dagger. Oh, piss off. You knew it anyway. I did know. I swear I feel did. Better. I swear I did. I swear I did. You did know that, didn't you? No. I've never... Didn't I've, you know that? Yeah. No, I did not. I did I've not. never noticed that before either. I've never the noticed pupil. it before. I've never noticed it before. Yeah. The pupil on the, the original kind of uh, uh, That's poster. Great. That's really good. Is, is the cat's paw dagger. I never, ever noticed that. Uh, it's really clever I because the um, prophecy and the, the sort of threat is what divides these women. Uh, yeah. Not only the existence of it, but who it refers to. They both have an Aegon. Um, that's really clever. I I cannot really believe clever. they have had that in front of us all this time. I'd love to, I'd love to interview who made that poster. Should we try and find out? Should we? Speak I want to. The, yeah, I'd like really like to speak to the person who did the intro. Oh yeah, and there's yeah, really try, good. Let's... I mean, we were talking about it a lot week to week, but there are people that are show on twitter that will show you like oh here's what was new that week here's what's new that week i think it's a very confusing intro but i think i i it is well hang on a sec well, well let's let's not say that in case we do get them on they might listen in case they're listening i think it's a fantastic it's intro probably better than beautiful. the original <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably the best intro that's actually ever been designed no but i think conf- confusing is fine you know, listen we're all we've all got short attention spans in this day and age um yeah. But yeah, it's very complex and there's a lot, it'll only get more, there's always, there's going to be more and more every, every season and every episode there'll be development. So yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah. Because, well, let's not even as, think about it. Right. We, you know as, what? We yeah. are, we are hundred percent waffling on now. Oh, uh, let's get to the good stuff, shall we? Yeah. Um, okay. We'll be back with you in about 25 minutes time for a bit more chat and we'll talk about the Americans and, and whatnot after that. But first, uh, here's Chris and I, uh, when we sat down with Sir Harold Westling himself, Mr. Graham McTavish on Dragoncast. Tell you what, Chris, when Graham popped up on the screen then, did you just sit yeah. a bit straighter? It's because like, Graham's got so such a, it's the angle is so flattering. It makes him look seven foot tall. And I suddenly felt like very small I and mean, emasculated. Graham, you look hard as nails in House of the Dragon. You look, you look like you're built like a brick shit house. I have to say, you look yes, incredible. Yes, he's a formidable shit. individual, Sir House Weston. <laughs> I mean, all he's doing when he's not guarding the king is, is press ups. And, <laughs> and, you know, bench pressing, you know, other members of the court. <laughs> That's that's how he passes his time. I've, I've decided that Harold doesn't actually sleep either. Um, well, they they have very they're on flexi time for sure, right? They 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 are just at the beck and call, right? Oh, completely. No, no, no. I mean, well, as you probably noticed, I never sat down throughout <laughs> the entire series, uh, and and this I this only dawned on me. I remember when we went into the small council chamber for the first time. Uh, you know, we all arrived, and I'm on the small council. 
to Harold. And uh, I looked around and um, there was one chair missing. And uh, I said to the director at the time, I can't remember which one it was, I said, uh, I'm so sorry, where, where's Harold's chair? He said, oh, no, no, Harold doesn't have a chair, he stands. I said, what, <laughs> what, like, always? Yes. <laughs> but can we sit down occasionally? <laughs> and no, no, I was never allowed to sit down. And so I don't wow. think he actually has a bed. I think. And is that like just, a, is that like a rule of the of the of the king's guard? Then I presume. Yeah, I think he just got, goes into his room and just leans yeah. against the wall <laughs> and quietly cries himself to sleep. A bit like cows when like so people creep up at night and just push you over like like they do like people yeah. do in the provinces with cows. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yes. Sorry, we've not even intro- introduced ourselves. Welcome, Graham. Welcome to yeah, welcome to Dra- welcome to Dragoncast. I'm Jamie, and this is Chris, who might keep dropping out because his internet connection takes away the picture every now and then, but he's yeah. still here. Um, how, how are you doing? Whereabouts are you? You're in you're in LA. You're in LA, right? No, I'm in London. Oh, you're back in, in London. London. Lovely stuff. Back in London. Yes. And talk, talk to us. We were just chatting before before you joined us about about what we wanted to know. And before we get on to um, uh, the intricacies of, uh, of, of of Sir Westerly, um, what's it like as as, as Graham uh, McTavish at the moment? In between seasons, we're 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 kind of like presuming uh, we're presuming that even though you've quit and flounced off in a huff. Uh, that the uh, the 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 cape is just being dry cleaned and 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 will be will be will be coming back to you one day. What's it like in between? What's it like in between seasons for a, for a, for a principal cast uh, member? Yeah, well, uh, do you have do you have do you have enough time to go and like do other jobs? Are you, are you limited um, to what you're allowed to do? How does that work? No, uh, I, I, yes, I do have time. Um, I've been doing other things and, uh, I, yeah, it's, they're they're actually really good, uh, nowadays, um, uh, these, these guys about, about that sort of thing. They understand, um, that, you know, hey, you, you like, you like to act. So, um, you like to work. So that's what I enjoy. I get very fidgety if I'm not working. I get very sort of frustrated um, I'm I'm writing at the moment as well. I'm writing another book with Sam Hewan about oh, wow. uh, our what's trip that, to New Zealand. Um, it's like a like a travelogue kind of thing. Yeah, it's another. It's a kind of travel slash history thing. Um, oh, fab. And so I'm busy doing that right now. But I don't I don't like being idle. It's very um, it's kind of annoying actually. Sometimes I find it very difficult to relax. Um, my my fiance is constantly complaining that uh, I'm try- I'm always trying to do too much at, at one time. So, um, but you know, uh, my body gets a bit of a rest um, from from being sort of encased in armour for a sh- for, for a start. Yeah. Is it latex? Is it is it proper armour? I know that Jamie Lannister had a rubber hand. Uh, for for a lot of his scenes back in Thrones, it was it was like a little flop. I, I went to the visited the prop store uh, over in uh, Titanic Studios and saw it there in like it's and it's like perspex case, right. never to be. T- and they passed it to me, and I was expecting it to be heavy. It was just like a rubber glove. Like flopped like around. Rubber it's like Very disappointing. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't steel armor, um, and it wasn't. I mean, it was. It wasn't that the weight. And actually, I have to applaud the costume department um, and the armory department because they were brilliant. Uh, with that stuff, it's not the weight. It's just that it's very unyielding. 
So um, there's a tendency for it to just start to like dig into parts of your body that you didn't know existed. Uh, And um, we spoke to them early on, Kristen Cole, Mr. Frankel, uh, was quite um, vocal in his uh, sort of pain that he was feeling. I mean, obviously, having done the Hobbit, these kids, eh? Yeah, these. Yeah, but, I mean, kids. I said to him, "Listen, mate, try and wear a seventy-pound costume and then complain." Uh, but you know, he was like, <laughs> um, "So uh, they worked on weight distribution and everything, and they had a little detachable bit at the front so that we could sit down without looking like turtles." Um, and and actually eat food. Uh, yeah, so they were very, very accommodating. So it wasn't nearly as uncomfortable as it looked. Um, but, I, I mean, they, they did an amazing job. And the helmet, the helmet, when I had to wear the helmet, very comfy, very comfy indeed. Um, so no complaints. The sword was pretty heavy. The sword was pretty heavy. Um, and I, I did have the biggest sword, I'm just saying. Oh, did you? I did. Nice. Good. Yes, Dark uh, Sister Chris- was a pale, pale imitation <laughs> of my gigantic blade. So um, we used to have a great laugh, actually, me and Matt on set, Dark Sister. I mean, it just, it's a great name. I'm not knocking the name. It's a great name for a sword. But whenever he used to come on set, I would say, it's Dark Sister. <laughs> <laughs> and then we would, like... Um, come up with names for our swords. Uh, I can't remember what Paddy's was. It was absolutely hilarious, though. Amazing. Paddy was one of the funniest people on set. He's Wonderful. So good. He, yeah. he came on. He came on. The, he came in and spoke to us a few weeks ago. Yeah, he's oh, did he? Absolute blinding guy. Absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dark great. Sister does. Dark Sister does sound very kind of seventies. Yeah, I think. Rock. I think they should do it. <laughs> it's like a band. Ladies and gentlemen, Dark Sister. And then you can just hear that the boom, 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 boom coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of head shaking. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Chris. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know why, I don't know why my camera goes off and on. So, so Graham, one thing we were talking about when we've been watching the show every week is that we, because he's, uh, because your character is so studious and he's this good principal character, we don't know a lot about him because he's always at work. So when when you kind of got the brief, when you were told you're playing him, what can you tell us about what you know about Harold that maybe we don't? I mean, has he been in the Kingsguard a long time? Is he like an army an army bro? Like what's the kind of, what's the, the story there? Well, I mean, the, the, the discussion that Ryan Condal and I had before we started filming was that, the King's Guard is a—it's almost like a kind of warrior monk sort of brotherhood. So you get chosen to being the King's Guard, and it's an enormous honour. But what goes with that is is a lot of sacrifice. So, um, as far as I understood, and this was how I played it, uh, he'd basically been in the King's Guard as an apprentice, probably since he was a, a teenager. Uh, he would have literally been. Uh, devoting his entire life to that family. I think Harold, well, he definitely served the previous king and possibly even the king before. Um, And he's also one of the few that's had actual experience of war um, that we we decided. So uh, he has a background in proper warrior stuff, you know, badass going in there, 
uh, beating the crap out of people, um, sort of a guy. Um, and but but people who have that with them are always anticipating the next war. Uh, it's 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 like um, <clears throat> if you've if you've never experienced war, you never imagine it could ever happen. But I think if if you have. Um, it's, you just think it's only a matter of time before it kicks yeah. off again. Uh, so he has that running through him. Um, they forsake uh, family. Land, I think, right? Titles. But there, was the, there was the moment, wasn't there, where it was either Eric or Derek, I forget, where they, they, they passed the crown to Rhaenyra in the, in the finale, where the vows that, that, that he kind of spoke when he was on his knees handing the crown it were very similar to, to, the, uh, to the Knights of, Knights of the Watch yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in Thrones, where it's, it's, you're forsaking everything and doing your yeah. duty. You get yeah. the better deal because you get to at least kind of like walk around in a cloak in the hot sun and the Night's Watch just, just kind of basically just stand by a wall for... Well, for, for hundreds of years and freeze your nuts off. Um, <laughs> yes. It was interesting yes. you mentioned the the the, inevit- the inevitability of war because, you know, I think, I mean, luckily as a viewer, we all know the Dance of the Dragons is coming and we always did know that there was always going to be a war. Mm. Do you think that everybody in the small council just knew there was a war and they, they were just putting it off as long as they could? Even Viserys kind of like was doing his best, but it was, you know, it, it was a bit, it's a bit like bailing out um, the Titanic with a thimble, isn't it really? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there are lots of agendas at play with, with shows like this and that there will be people who will be working very hard to avoid war Um uh, you know, not discounting the possibility that it may, it may occur. And then there are people who are positively hopeful for war uh, for their own rather nefarious um, purposes, uh, Otto being that kind of an individual. Whereas, you know, the character that Bill Patterson played uh, was yeah. you know, very, very much about, you know, trying to avoid uh, any upset, keeping things on an even keel, just playing the safe hand, being calm, being very, very sort of Scots, actually. Well, that kind of Edinburgh Scot, who it's all about, just let's, let's just make sure the finances and this and that are all fine. Yeah. Um, but with, with regards to the war, um, I don't think they're warmongers in, the, in a small council. Possibly, maybe... Otto, but it's not that he, Otto wants war particularly. He just wants to realise his own ambitions for his family. And and if that involves war, then fine. He's not going to flinch. Um, and that's... And also, I think, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. And they, they've been living in peace for so long. And it's, it's... And this is something that we can all relate to. I mean, even today that amongst some people there seems to be an almost perverse desire for war um and they actually can't wait to sort of like start bombing each other and um and i think there's an element of that in the small council that there are those that are barely held on the leash really um and you know i think significantly somebody like harold westerling as i say who has experienced war unlike these guys, um, 
wants to try and avoid it as much as possible. But when push comes to shove, those are the very kind of people you want yeah. leading you into, into battle. We've, yeah. we've kind of asked a couple of people who've been on the show uh, to tell us if there's been anything that they worked on that got cut for whatever reasons, because obviously you feel more than is able to fit in the episode. Were there any scenes that you did with other characters that didn't make it into the episodes? Could you tell us a bit about that? No, I don't think so. There was, in the scene where I, um, in, the, in that, that penultimate episode where I take the cloak off and all the rest of it, there was a little more with Chris. Right. Um, so there was more... There was more of a real confrontation, you know. It, it I, I pushed it, you know, in terms of dialogue-wise. Harold, Harold really laid it out that basically you're scum. I think the line was um, one of the lines was uh, the rats of the Red Keep have more honour uh, than you, and right. and really it was it was it was the culmination of everything that he bottled up up till that point, all the things that he'd understood finally about Kristen and he wanted to tell them. And of course, as an actor, you know, you want that to be in the show because it's, yeah, of course, it's a yeah. great, cool moment. It's the show reel. But yeah, exactly. At, at the same time, uh, actually, I understand why it's not in there because if, I ha- if he had said those things to Kristen, I think it would have escalated. Yeah. I don't think Kristen being the kind of hair trigger kind of a guy that he is would have put up with basically being told that he was utter scum. Um, and I think that would have, you would have suddenly had a, a sort of yeah. fight. Um, yeah. Whereas Alison's interjection at the point that it comes in actually made more sense. And, and the way it plays in the scene you can see that both Kristen and I are quite happy to have a fight if necessary, but, you know, um, cooler heads prevail. Mm. And that's, that's when, you know, we sheathe our swords. But uh, yeah, that was an interesting bit that we didn't include in the end. Are you, are you up to speed on, on, on the books? Do you know what, do you know what the outcome of, uh, do you know what Sir Harold's fate is at all? No, I don't. I'm not. Not that we're going to discuss it. No, I just wondered if- no, no. Well, I mean, I think my my understanding anyway is that Harold. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell, don't don't spoil it for me. I don't. Want, don't you dare spoil it for oh, me. Oh no, no, no. I mean, I mean, in the books. Oh, but no, no, we can't. I, 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 I don't even want to know what happens in the books. I've got, <laughs> no, no, fair enough. Oh goodness me! Fair enough. I tell you, I tell you, I only, I only say that because you mentioned about the rats, and we, we, we picked oh, yeah. up on the rats yeah. as this, this, this kind true. of moat, this kind of motif, this kind of motif that came that, that seemed to be being planted throughout the. Um, There's a lot of yeah, a lot, particularly when Viserys was getting iller and iller. There was a lot of shots of rats around his room. Well, the thing is, I. I heard, I heard that there's like a, that there is like a red weddingy kind of moment, um, oh, really? in, in a, in however many seasons time that the, oh. that, that the rats eating the blood is like a major Ooh. kind of foreshadowing okay. of Ooh. some, um, some, some nice. huge kind of twist shock kind of thing that's coming your way. So nice. what I'm Very. saying to you, Graham, is watch out for the rats, mate, because <laughs> yeah, that, if know, I see one scurrying get, around. I mean, well, you're, you're always standing up, so you'll be first out the door, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he's not so stupid after all. Yeah. 
I was just going to say really quickly, like, it's really impressive to see Harold quit on principle because that episode where he does quit is where we see that very few people in that room have any principles and they are willing to usurp the throne. It's amazing that he identifies that Rhaenyra is the rightful heir and chooses to get out. I mean, do you do you understand whether he's going to be finding Rhaenyra or is do you think he's going to be rallying support or is that kind of speculation stuff that you don't really bother engaging with until you're on set? It's difficult to speculate about that. I mean, I think what I loved about that was that it was, um, you're, you're absolutely right, that, that really he exists in a nest of vipers, uh, Harold. You know, these are backstabbing, you know, venal, yeah. sort of ambitious, whatever you want to call them, individuals. Uh, and, you know, they've all, got, they've all got their own agendas, whereas Harold really doesn't have an agenda. Uh, and I think that's very important from a story point of view, that if if it's just about one sort of uh, morally dubious character after another, uh, it's, it's important to actually anchor that kind of a world and have at least one person representing, you know, moral dignity and honour. Uh, the very fact that he does take his cloak off and, and walks away. He wouldn't have... I mean, I take a moment to do it in the show because it's a big deal and surrendering a cloak would have been enormously painful for him. But I don't think mentally he would have hesitated for a minute that mm. there was no choice as far as he was concerned. That this was, this was a line that they had crossed that was completely, you know, unpardonable. Uh, and he couldn't in good conscience yeah. be a part of it. And that's, and it's, and, I mean, my goodness me, I mean, even you know nowadays it's difficult enough to find people yeah. of honor um, in political life and, and public life. But in this show, uh, you know, he, he does represent somebody who is a straight arrow, somebody with a strong moral compass, um, and somebody who cares mm. about people, about the people that he has been entrusted to serve. And, and that's, um, it's quite an old fashioned concept, um, you know, that a life of service. Uh, you know, some somebody who's represented it recently, of course, is uh, our late queen, yeah. you know, who devoted her life to to a, a nation and to a commonwealth. And that's such an unusual thing. Um, and um, I'm, I'm not comparing myself with the queen, but uh, he, he's well, I think you are. It's fine. That that's tradition. fine. You are. Yeah. He's somebody from that tradition yeah. uh, that, that actually believes in right and wrong and um, standing up for his principles, which is fabulous. That's always the rule in, in, in George's world is always look for the, that there will always be someone trying to help. And, you know, there's that saying is there in times of a crisis, there will always be someone there trying to help running in the opposite mm. direction. Yeah, and right. so Harold is that guy and he's the only guy there at the moment that is, yeah. that is seemingly trying to do that or someone yeah. in King's Landing that's trying to do that. Um, yeah. What, how, do you, do you, I mean, not that we would ask you to divulge anything, but do you, any, have you, have you been in touch about season two? Is it on the horizon? Are you limbering up? Are you, are you starting to kind of like bench pressing, yeah. bench pressing, <laughs> prepping yourself for, prepping yourself for the aluminium armor again? I'm What's always ready. I'm always ready. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can't like talk really anything about, sure. you know, season two or whatever, but, yeah. um, you know, I'm having, I'm having, uh, dinner with Ryan soon and um, I'm sure we'll have a lovely chat but uh, it's um, yeah 
it, it, it's so difficult nowadays in the in the world that we live in in television. That is it what you expected it? You, you know, because obviously Game of Thrones now comes with a whole lot of baggage and yeah. an expectation, and you must have had that in the back of your mind uh, when you accepted the gig. Is it is it how you imagined it to be? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, I, you know, I had a bit of. I've had a bit of practice with the Hobbit and exactly you know, with, yeah. with with Outlander, um, particularly those uh, that there is a big kind of fan expectation. There's a big fan involvement in that world. Uh, but it still takes you by surprise. It, it does. It does. You know, I was, I've been to, you know, people have come up to me to talk about the show and talk about Harold and the, the world of uh, House of the Dragon. And uh, I, I think it's, I saw an amazing video. I think it was on the premiere evening, the premiere night. And it was in an apartment building. You may have seen it in New York. And you could yeah. see in the yeah, oh, with yeah, all the yeah. lights. Yeah. yeah that's it, everybody yeah. was watching the show. Amazing. And, and that, really does bring home because you can't conceive of that and it's a good thing you can't uh because i mean you'd never you'd never step out of your door to to work if you felt that kind of pressure so uh, you know in terms of shows like this and it was the same with the hobbit the same with outlander and all the rest of it you're working very much not just in the moment but you're working in a little bit of a bubble and the 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 business end of making shows like this is very 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 small. So you know you'd literally be you know me, Reese, Matt, Paddy. You know there's groups of people talking to each other as actors or interacting with a very small number of people around them. And so you don't you've got the sets and the costumes and all the rest of it, but that almost fades into the background actually, mm. because really what you're concentrating on is what's happening right in front of your face. And that's, that's definitely how it should be. You mustn't walk onto a set like House of the Dragon thinking, oh, oh no, they're all, they're all waiting. What's it going to be like? What I'm going to do? Should I be standing like this? Should I have the helmet on? Should I take it off? Um, so yeah, you have that to- That is exactly it. how I, in my, in my kind of like, oh no, I've, I've walked into school assembly naked nightmares that I have. I am walking into the, to the, to the throne room and, and to, 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 to do some acting and kind of thinking, holy shit, I'm going to be dreadful. It oh, would be, oh well, my but Believe me, all actors have those nightmares. Is there anyone in the wider cast that you haven't got to work with as much that you're looking forward to working with? whether it's next year, season three, whatever, anyone that you just weren't able to play against that you'd like to see more of next year? Oh, gosh. Well, the 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 new um, well, yeah. Egon, uh, uh, I mean, I had nothing to do with the older version. In fact, the, the older version of the cast, apart from uh, Rhaenyra and Millicent, uh, and Alison, sorry, um, I didn't, really have any interaction with at all so there was a real separation um who else i mean i'd like to do more with people um you know the the, the other mm. families that that aren't necessarily i mean i think that's one of the interesting things about this you know whatever happens next the world of house of the dragon is going to expand yeah and uh there it's it's almost going to be a little more like the original show in that I think there will be multiple storylines, multiple locations yeah. happening. Yeah. I think that's, that seems to be definitely where it's leading because we're, we're going into a kind of yeah. civil war. I was surprised. I would be surprised if you hadn't been asked to be in the original Thrones. Did you have any conversations around that initially? Were you approached with any parts 
mm. in the original. Mm. Um, well, yeah, the problem there was that I was never right. available. Um, so I was doing The Hobbit when it began, right? Uh, pretty much, sure. I think. Yeah, I was doing The Hobbit, and then I went straight on to Outlander for another two and a half years. And then I went straight from that to Preacher for four years. Yeah. And, and it just... It, it really kind of um, covered that period pretty much. And um, so, no, sadly, I was always hoping that it could work out. But the lovely thing was that the conversation I had with Ryan, um, I had, gosh, it's got to be at least five years ago about this. Wow. Really? Oh, wow. Um, well, he, yeah, well, he, he was, um, I did a pilot with Ryan for a show called The Sixth Gun which was based on a, a series of comics um, for NBC. And that didn't get picked up, but Ryan and I stayed friends. And I also, I subsequently worked with Ryan on Colony, which was another show that he was showrunner on. So um, he, he likes working with me. And we met for lunch in LA and he explained to me that, and he'd become friends with George when we were in Santa Fe during the sixth gun. He'd sort him out, really, and, and sort of gone, you know, I love... Because he's a yeah, huge yeah. fan, Ryan. Amazing. Um, and, and that set in motion his, his ambition to actually write the, the prequel to it. And I know at one time there were a couple of other possibilities, but I think Ryan's was always the strongest. And I know George really supported Ryan's uh, vision. And, and and Ryan spoke to me about it in a, at lunch five years ago, probably, and said, you know, um, when this happens, I'd really like you to be involved in it. And I was like, And I remember standing with him in the throne room, I think the first time we shot on that set, and we were looking up at these giant statues and looking at the Iron Throne, and I just said, can you believe it? This has actually happened. It actually that, worked. Yeah. That something oh. that you imagined in your head that you wanted to accomplish has now come to fruition. And here we are standing together. I'm in a suit of armour and <laughs> off we go. And it's an, it was an amazing moment. I remind him of it whenever I speak to him, actually. Especially in TV land, the amount of, you know, the amount of uh, pilot graveyard oh. <laughs> that we live yeah, in. No, right? it's, it's a fantastic uh, success story. Uh, oh, right, you know, and that it it most certainly is because you know, as we've as Chris and I have said to everyone we've met from the show, what a relief, what a joy, <laughs> what a what a fantastic thing. We cannot we cannot wait to 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 see what you guys have got have got lined uh, up for us over brilliant. the coming years. Uh, brilliant, Graham. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so Thank much you. for coming on. My and, pleasure. Uh, Good Thanks, luck with guys. season two, whatever whatever the future may hold. Uh, rooting for Indeed. you. Indeed. Rooting um, for you in season two. All right, buddy. <laughs> and we'll be right back after a word from our generic sponsors. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Dragoncast, episode 13. Uh, it was wonderful. Thank you so much to, uh, again to um, HBO, to Premiere, uh and everybody for, for for putting us in touch with with graham hopefully not the last cast member that we speak to uh between now and uh and season two but they um they're all i think they're all taking a well-earned break or as graham pointed out or as graham pointed out enjoying working on something else <laughs> yes washing their hair after gluing those wigs in for so long um yeah do you know who i'd love actually to speak to for either in the interim or for season two is the guy that plays the twin Lannisters. One of them is on the small council. You know the guy that was like chirpsing on Rhaenyra on like the boar hunt? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he plays two Lannisters, um, but he was also in... I, can't I didn't remember. know that. Yeah. Well, as in like, a, a bit like uh, Army Hammer did. Yeah. He's doing a Winklevoss. Oh. Let's, let, so he plays... So the, the Lannister that's in the small council and the one that was trying to marry Rhaenyra are brothers. Right. One of them oh, is I, the, thought was, I thought Well, I mean, I don't think they fucking... really make it clear, but one of them is the heir to Castle Rock and one of them is like the master of coin or whatever. Um, right. But okay. not, obviously they're played by the same actor. What is even more amazing is that that guy was in Game of Thrones in season one. Yes. We think we talked about it at the time. The only, yeah, he, time, uh... the only time they just went, yeah, you know, you can come back and play someone else. Mate, they didn't notice. Really, he ah. he knew, <laughs> and he was honestly. This is the this is the truth. As far this is the truth as I understand it. That was that has been told to me was that he knew, kept his head down, oh, and they so no great. one literally no one checked. Just can you imagine like standing what on set i'd be shitting myself like any minute now it'd be like the end of argo every single day <laughs> <laughs> so he's played by jefferson hall if you're Good listening jefferson, well. come on the podcast tell us how you pulled off the scam of the century 
Now, uh, let's talk about uh, the results uh, of the season yeah. one poll, shall we? We are going to be recovering um, old ground in terms of Game of Thrones. We're not going to do an episode by episode um, uh, watch back because life's too short. You know, it's cost of living crisis, mate. Um, but what we are going to do is go back and look at three key episodes for each season of Game of Thrones. And I think we'll do one each week. Um so this week, let me see. I've not even checked the results. Did you vote yourself, Chris? I did. I voted straight away. <laughs> and I might have taken a peek at the answers this morning. Just- well, the results are in. Okay. In um, in reverse order. Wow. Um, no one liked episode five much. The Wolf and the Lion. That came last. Then it was episode two. Uh, the King's Road. Um, uh, then we had uh, episode three, Lord Snow. Uh, mm-hmm. That was... Just a lot of faffing around at the wall, I think. A lot of establishing right, new characters. That was when Benjamin went missing, wasn't it? I, I think, think so, maybe. yeah. 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 And it, yeah. Then we had uh, the pointy end. Again, nothing jumps out of me in terms of that. Then, uh, surprisingly, came uh, episode 10, Fire and Blood. So way off the mark. Then we had a uh, joint fourth and fifth Um is uh, episode six, A Golden Crown, and episode seven, You Win or You Die. So the three that we're going to cover, kind of not, I think, so would, are we doing them in chronological order or vote order? We'll have to, I, I think, think probably chronological chronologically order. because stuff like okay. later ones will be informed by what we've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, episode one, Winter is Coming, even though we discussed why we didn't want to do the pilot episode <laughs> that's what we were doing the pilot episode that's the first one that got 38 percent of the votes um then episode four uh cripples bastards what's the full title cripples um, bastards and broken things that was it yeah i can't remember what happens in that one off the well, top it of my head culminates with catelyn stark arresting Tyrion in the in the cluster okay. she thinks got he you. attacked Bran, and it is interesting in that regard because that is what the misunderstanding kicks off the whole Another, war. Yeah. Um, and it is a, right. a misunderstanding involving that bloody knife because that's the... Yeah, the cat's paw dagger, yet again. Yeah. I may have to get a picture of the cat's paw dagger somewhere. It's it's become like a MacGuffin of, of yeah. modern cinema. Yeah. Um, and then uh, to nobody else's, nobody's surprise, including our own, uh, episode nine, Baylor, uh will mm-hmm. be the final one that we discuss uh, from season one. So next week... Uh, Chris, uh, are we going to do a watch along or are we just going to discuss it? What do you feel like? Great idea. I think we should watch them in our own time. And I think we should do a Twitter spaces with people that are listeners to see if they want to like share their thoughts. So that'll come up as a bonus episode within the next week or so we're still trying to get into a groove of yeah very interesting results on the poll so we've got the first episode of the season the last episode of the season and then we've got episode four no we haven't got the last episode of the season sorry i meant sorry we've got the first episode of the season we've got episode nine where yeah. ned loses his head and then in between that we've got episode four which i don't remember being a particularly like fast-paced no. episode um but, you know, I also think <clears throat> I just want to give a shout out to the second episode of season one, which is the one with all the drama where Arya's wolf bites Joffrey and oh, then yeah, they yeah, kill yeah, yeah. Sansa's wolf as a sort of penance. And I think it's a very good episode. Yeah. I think we talked about this last week, but pilots are really hard work. 
But often with, yeah. with most shows, the second episode is where you get, okay, we've set all this up. We're going to like have some fun. And episode two is a great episode of just seeing how fucked up the politics are, the sacrifices that everyone is going to have to make and all the foreshadowing yeah. about how toxic this whole th- setup is. Um, so if people are doing a rewatch um, for the whole season and you see episode two, let us know. Cause I think it's great, but yeah, yeah. do one four nine, which I think is, is a really, yeah. a really good, good intro episode. to Joffrey as well. Episode two is really good. Yeah. In- yeah. Also, I think, I just think looking at the pilot and uh, looking at the first episode, seeing everything, I think it'll be kind of really interesting because it's a, you don't have this with House of the Dragon, but Game of Thrones has three completely unrelated storylines for most of its run. Like you have the fighting with all the families, the stuff yep. north of the wall, which for most of the show feels completely irrelevant. And you also have yep. Daenerys who doesn't meet any of the other cast for quite a long time. So yep. that's a lot for a pilot when you think House of the Dragon has been quite streamlined and it's been quite, mm. this is what it's about. Um, yeah, so yeah, really looking, really looking forward to that. So we'll do episode one next week next week perfect can't wait and then separately are we doing this right i tell you, i'm going to defer um to my podcast wife chris mandel um <laughs> what what are we if weird how i've i've assumed the husband position there are you okay with that absolutely fine just keep me sweet and uh and yeah i'll have your dinner on the table at six <laughs> fine thank you very much. um explain to me uh and the listeners how we're going to tackle the americans okay uh it, it all of a sudden feels a lot more daunting than i was expecting it to. yes yes so, it's right. uh, talk us through it are so, we going to do this are we doing this as bonus episodes i think probably that's a good question well let's just let's just do i, mean, I feel like carol vorderman on countdown with my big marker pen Let's yeah. just break this down. So we're going to do three episodes okay. a season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So there are eight seasons. Three times eight is 24. Well okay. done. Thank you. Good maths. Good maths. I have a GCSE in maths and I'm not afraid to use it. So we've got 24, 24 episodes. We maybe will do, maybe we'll cut. Maybe we don't need three episodes of season seven and eight because those are shorter. Um, yeah. So then that's going to take us through to, I mean, that's going to take <clears throat> quite a while. I, you know, I think the Americans we should do as a bonus thing and we should run a similar sort of structure, but the Americans is six seasons for a total of 75 episodes. So we can't really do it episode by episode because it will take a year. And a half. So what I think we should do, and look, we're all getting older. <laughs> Some some older than others. But you've got this new HD camera, and I would argue you look younger than me in that flattering light. <laughs> yeah, a, so what I, I think for the Americans, people... we should do a similar sort of structure. I think we should watch all of it, but I think we should cover it in three like chunks. We should do it a third at a time. So we'll do okay. three episodes per season. That's 18 episodes total. That feels... But we will better. watch, feels... like, episode one to four, discuss them. We'll watch yeah. five to eight, discuss them. Nine and ten, and then a reflection. I think that is a good way to do it, because we have other commitments outside of the podcast. And yeah, also, absolutely. Um, we, yeah, it, it's, I mean, we don't really know um, 
what we're getting ourselves in for. Uh, at no, exactly. Point. You know what? We might. I'm not. I don't think we will because I think we've chosen wisely. We might not even like it, but let's see how we you go. Imagine if we started it, and we were like, "What a load of shit!" <laughs> it's just like, would, oh, it's interesting yeah. though. I think you know, <clears throat> shows take a long time to get into, and I think um, I remember finding Mad Men quite painful to watch at first because I was really late to Mad Men, um, and I now think it's one of the best shows ever made. I think it takes a minute, so yeah, that'll be helpful. We'll watch four. We'll reflect on it. And that's, that's the way we'll Great, because I am i can't wait to start watching it. I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. So that's going to be... Um, really excited for the Thrones rewatch as well. Um, yeah. And then we have Succession in the spring, so we're going to be very busy. Oh, there we are. But you know what? It's not work, is it? It's not work, is it? No. Is, well, according to the like, tax man... This is a proper treat. According to the tax man, it is work. Um, and if he's if he is listening, hello. <laughs> um, yeah, this and- HD camera is expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, what a fun thing to do. What a great thing to do. And we've had so yeah. many nice messages from our listeners this we last have. week. Just checking in. We've had loads. In fact, we got a few um, emails through. Um, oh, thank you to Carla Papas, um, who I, I, I think from, um, uh, I think they're, they're Portuguese, uh, saying, you guys should visit our little towns of Munster. Monsanto and Pena Garcia in Portugal. Episodes ten of House of Dragon was shot there, and huh. it's beautiful. So there we go. Another one to another one to add on our worldwide. I wonder which part of episode ten. Yeah, which which part of that? Were there any external shots that were kind of sunny? I don't think there were. Were there? Maybe. I thought all the Dragonstone stuff was done in Cornwall. Yeah, maybe. What about um, where? Where? What about um, the Baratheon? Um, oh, maybe place. Maybe. maybe. That- maybe that that would make sense thank you very much thank you. um ca thank you uh, claire uh, got in touch thank you claire saying it'd be good for you to re-watch house of dragons episode by episode and re-digest with hindsight thanks for the email absolutely not well i think later i think yes i think what we may do is do it is do a bit of a recap building into season two mm. i think would be would be probably the best way of doing that yeah, I'd be. In, I'm definitely interested. I mean, it's funny because we just through the course of our jobs and other commitments, we've. I mean, I think I've watched every episode two or three times. <laughs> I'm a bit like done in, but yeah, I've kind of already done. Yeah, you know, what's interesting with exactly. Thrones, uh, I think I watched sort of at least the first two thirds of it. I must have watched it four or five times. I was always rewatching it because it was always on on Sky at like 11 p.m. And if ever I was like back up seeing my parents, I'd just watch a couple of episodes. Um, and I would always, yeah, I just on. It's always on. It's literally on, probably on tonight on Sky Atlantic. I, I will be like 100%. Two, just two episodes from season three. Um, and yeah, I've watched Game of Thrones a lot, um, just through sheer force of will. And maybe the same will be true of House of the Dragon. Maybe late next year we might end up doing a little mini cluster of episodes. Yeah. Intriguing. That would be good. Um, that would be good. Listen, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure again, my friend. Always, always. Um, see you next week when we've got, uh, uh, when we've watched uh, episode one of, of yeah, Thrones of and Thrones. four episodes of uh, of the Americans. Amazing. What a lot of work to do. So we'll do, we'll put something on our Twitter, which is just what time we'll do a Twitter space to talk about the Game yes. of Thrones premiere. 100%. And yeah. Lovely stuff. Well, have a good week. 
Yeah, you too. You too. Have a good week. Thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to spread the Dragoncast love and tell your friends about it and like-minded people. If uh, if anyone has been annoying you to watch the Americans and you want to jump on board with us, we would love to have you along for the ride. And do join us on Twitter Spaces for our uh, our, our talk through of uh, season uh, season one, episode one of Game of Thrones. Until next week, you've been listening to Dragoncast. I'm Jamie East, and this is Chris Mandel, Dracaris. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at DragonCast underscore pod or email DragonCast at DaftDoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for DragonCast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. DragonCast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Dracarys. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.